Welcome to Texas TL in Exile. This is episode number 11. I'm TL Davis and I don't have a guest today. It's just me um, because I usually do that when there's some issues I want to talk about specifically and not get other people's input necessarily. I need to uh, remind you to hit the rumble button if you're watching this on rumble. If you're getting it on Spotify or Anchor or Apple, then you get the audio version. And I appreciate any interaction there as well. But most of it, as people know by now, has moved to Substack, where I have the blog post audio podcast for free. What I'm going to start doing is putting the video podcast up for uh, paid subscribers. And then I'll move it over to Rumble like a day later. One note before I get started is... uh, A guy who has been a political blogger as long as I know of anybody is a guy named Brock Townsend who runs uh, a blog called Free North Carolina. Brock was one of the earliest guys to like recognize what I was doing on on the blog posts and, and linking to me every time he could. He's just a real great guy. I got a chance to go down and speak at one of his Pat cons, and um, and he's had some uh, medical issues lately, and I just wanted to wish him well. And if you go to his website, freenorthcarolina.blogspot.com, he was a he was a diehard patriot. So I'm just praying for him. That's all I can say. I want to talk to y'all about something I call agreements of civility and what that is is it's the agreement between the people and the government city county state feds the tacit agreement is that we will pay taxes and we want something in exchange for that and that's the services that we should expect like power gas and water Uh, we might expand that a little bit to health departments and such But over the period of the past hundred years, especially, taxes have been looked upon by governments not as something that we voluntarily forfeit in order to get the services that we want and expect, but as something we owe them. Now, that's a violation of the agreement of civility. And legally, the way the governments have framed all of their laws, we don't really have a choice. We pay them whether we want to or not. That's one of the ideas behind uh, such things as, you know, national sales tax and whatever, because you're not compelled to buy anything and then pay taxes on it, but you are compelled to pay other taxes, property taxes, and, and things like that. So what I'm trying to get at is, for the longest time, the way it needs to be, is we need to maintain those agreements of civility. And one way of looking at your local politicians to see if they understand the difference between communism and capitalism and communism and a republic is whether or not they understand the difference between an agreement of civility. In other words, we agree to pay some taxes, you agree to deliver some services. Now, that really wasn't under threat much until we got into the pandemic. Well, let me put it to you this way. The obvious um, change over the past hundred years in the power dynamics of citizens versus government didn't become apparent 
until we got to the pandemic. They didn't become glaring, ob obvious problems until we got to the pandemic. And that's where we saw how far we'd slipped from what the Republic is and what an individual citizen's rights are. Because once we got into the pandemic, we didn't have any rights. And there's a number of uh, things that you can read, uh, Supreme Court decisions and such, They'll tell you that there is no emergency in America that obliterates individual rights to go to work, to run your shop, to do any of that. But they've ignored that law. And this is where we're getting into trouble in this country. When the pandemic came around, we didn't put up a big enough fight. They strapped masks on people's faces. They told them how far they could stand apart. Now keep in mind, this is after we've had numerous other flu epidemics all around the world. And this has never been the, the, the response to it until we got to COVID-19, something that is less dangerous than almost anything else that's come down the pike. For heaven's sakes, if you look at it, um, there was basically no flu last year. It was all COVID. And it's still, if you do the actual math, because only about Five or six percent of the deaths attributed to COVID were actually COVID. Most of the rest of them had other causes or other reasons, or the hospitals got paid more if they listed you as COVID, whether that had anything to do with your death or not. But when you get right down to brass tacks, it's about six percent. And when you do the when you do the figures on that, it comes out to just about what we lost when it came to flu deaths last year. So I'm not saying there isn't COVID and I'm not saying that it hasn't taken some lives. I'm saying that on the scale that would cause this reaction is, is completely out of balance. So then you have to start looking at, well, what caused that reaction? In my mind, what I believe sincerely is that the whole COVID narrative was a test to see if we were, as a society, ready to accept communism. And we failed miserably. We were ready to accept communism. And for people who understood what the test was about, it was pretty disheartening. I gotta tell you. Uh, one of the reasons I started doing a podcast was that it's that disheartening. And I felt like I had to reach out beyond what I could do writing blog posts. That's how we get back to the idea of trying to figure out who we have in our local governments who need to go, who need to get voted out. Now, they've figured out how to manipulate the vote on a lot of things like the federal uh, vote and the statewide votes. But when it comes to the local uh, elections, that's still largely in our hands. And until we fix the rest of them, we need to focus on that and to get some of these people out. They come up for election usually a lot, a lot quicker than they do on either the state or the federal level. So what I'm saying is you look at that initial agreement of civility in which we offer some tax, offer to be taxed at a certain rate to get certain things. But when these governments start stepping into the realm of where they think that they can just uh, uh, force you to comply with any any emergency dictation that they come up with 
That's when they've stepped over the line. That's when they violated the agreement. And anybody involved in violating that agreement of civility and deciding that they can they can cut your power off if you don't comply with their their political demands, that they can cut your water off if you don't comply with their political demands. Once they step into that realm, people, that's, that's across the line. And that's when um, big things need to start happening. So I wanted to put that out there as something to use as a barometer of how your cities and states have reacted to the pandemic what they're willing to do now if you're not vaxxed as far as using these things as leverage against you to make you comply with their dictate so if you look at everything as an agreement between free people and their government see how they react to that then you know who you need to get rid of the second thing I need to talk about is the larger scale of the politics. When you look at all of these countries that have reacted mostly the same way, keep in mind China, we don't even know how they reacted. The story is that they didn't give this back to any of their people. A lot of countries, in fact, most of the Western countries, have imposed vax mandates where they could, where they didn't get shot down. And now corporations are forcing a vax mandate, even though they have no substantiation behind it. You recognize that if you work for a company that's demanding that you have a vaccine mandate, that they have lost any kind of cover that they have from the federal government. They're just acting arbitrarily and on their own to impose a vaccine mandate, something that is highly illegal that they can't sustain and if you sue them there's a good chance you're going to win depends on who you get if you get some soros appointed judge or soros funded judge maybe not but in a lot of cases you're probably going to win a pretty good lawsuit against a, a company who has decided unilaterally to impose a vaccine mandate force you to have a medical take a medical experiment in order to work for them so you need to understand where your power is where your, where your leverage is there too and the reason these Western democracies have had some of the most stringent vaccine mandates, and you look at Israel, and they recognize that they're de the vaccines are destroying people's immunity, and that's just a fact. That's something that the, they've recognized in the UK. That's something they've recognized in Israel. That's something that they should be recognizing everywhere that these vaccines are destroying and giving people basically AIDS, you know, autoimmune deficiency syndrome. You need to understand where that's coming from is largely from the World Economic Forum uh, run by Klaus Schwab. Now, people always try to make this out to be some sort of conspiracy theory where they're up there concocting all these conspiracies and that's not the way it goes. The people who have gone to the World Economic Forum, people like Jack Dorsey uh, of Twitter and Mark Zuckerberg of, of Facebook, you know, Chelsea Clinton, uh, Samantha Power, um, people just off the top of my head here, uh, Merkel, you know, Trudeau, all of these people were have been there. They didn't go there to get their marching orders. They went there to coordinate with other people what their responses to certain things going on in the world are there's nothing big secret or, or or 
diabolical about it other than you have to recognize that imposing communist type restrictions on the free people of the of the world is something that they're trying to individually and as a group force people who have this radical idea of being a free human being with individual rights themselves force that out of the conversation out of out of the recipe for how to run a country and they want to make it much more of an authoritarian power is extended down from the top not up from the bottom because it's only when you destroy this idea of freedom and this idea of individual rights and this idea of human beings having some say over their future and their destiny until you destroy that you can't impose the restrictions that they want to to cement their power and i know people want to take that further than it goes you have to recognize that a lot of people who are in positions of power in their government didn't get there because somebody reached down and picked them out of the out of the trash heap of humanity and held them up they got there because they wanted to be there they were angling toward they were going to be there and something i've said for a long time is a person who seeks power is usually the last person in the world that ought to have it because if you're seeking power then you're already thinking about how to abuse that power if you're people like normal guys you know me and you and and just trying to go to work and make a living and provide for our families we don't think about how to control a world so what I'm saying is when you get to the World Economic Forum you already have people who are trying to control the world who want to be in control of the world. So you don't have to do a lot to move them in the direction of the other people who want to control the world. It's not it's not a big conspiracy, it's just a logical conclusion of what they would want to do to impose authoritarianism. Now some of them might be misguided and think they're doing it to save the planet, whatever that means. Um, or they might be doing it for nefarious reasons to just feel that control. Some people just have an urge to hurt other people to make themselves feel powerful. And you're never going to get rid of that either. So the most, the important thing to do is to recognize it, recognize that a lot of these people have been through the World Economic Forum and pay more attention to the World Economic Forum and what they're talking about because that's what's going to be in your life. That's all I'm saying about it. Not that, not that it's the, the boogeyman under the, under the bed, but you can't ignore some obvious connections either. So you have to recognize what they want to do is they want to take what little power you have over your life. And trust me, it's very little. Uh, once you start wading through all of the ways that government has over the past 50 years <clears throat> eke their little way through the every regulation they can every every restriction every uh, you have to comply with this in order to get that once you start working your way through all of that you realize that you're just under a mountain of government regulations in your everyday life and I'm here to tell you being an old guy like me that didn't used to be the way it was. We didn't even think about the government. We never even thought about the police until we were going, you know, 10 or 20 miles an hour too fast when we went past one. Otherwise, otherwise we didn't even think about the police. Surely didn't think that if, if we disagree with some political leader that we're going to have our gas shut off or our water shut off or our power shut off. See how far we've come, people. We've got... 
got to get a handle on it. And the only way to do that is start working in your local uh, governments, find the people who are willing and, and agree with the idea that, that, that this uh, agreement of civility is no longer in force and that you are there to be told what to do and how to act and what to pay. And once you start getting rid of them and putting people in that, that are a little more interested in, in just doing the right thing for people, we can start taking this back, but uh, that's a long process, and, and that doesn't mean don't do it. It just means that get involved in it now so you know where where uh, the bad people are and what, what they think about, because those are going to be someone you're going to have to keep account of. Those are the type of people who will, who will, who will turn you over to the Stasi, you know, for, for an extra chocolate bar. So you need to identify them and, and, and keep that in mind for later. So the next thing I want to get to is evidence of the degree to which we have felt slipped into a massively communist uh, authoritarian state. And this has been around for a while, and I know people have seen it. It's available on the uh, Department of Homeland Security, the National Terrorism Advisory System, NTAS. <laughs> you know, it kind of cracked me up because one of the Soviet Union newspaper agencies was TASS, T-A-S-S. -S, and I saw uh, <clears throat> National Terrorism Advisory System is NTAS. But I'm going to hold it up here so you know that I've got it, I've read it, and I know what it says. And what it looks like, if you go to find it, you'll know what it looks like. But I'm sure you've probably seen it or heard about it before. But there it is. And what that does is that tells you that if you disagree with the government, you're a terrorist. You're a domestic terrorist. If you recognize that the government is fraudulent, you're a, a terrorist. What it says is anybody who spreads misinformation, disinformation, or malinformation is a terrorist. Now that gets to me as much as it gets to anybody else. Because the whole concept of the First Amendment is the government, specifically the government, not everybody else, the government cannot tell you, especially when it comes to political matters, cannot tell you what to say, cannot impose uh, penalties against you for saying anything. Now, that's the First Amendment of the Constitution. This is how far you understand that they have divorced themselves from any concept of, of restraint whatsoever in this administration. And not just this administration, but several Congresses before. There are no easy fixes. There are no individual bad guys. There's a whole lot of bad guys interested in having nothing to do with you other than to take your money and tell you how to act. Now, that's a long ways from when I was growing up. I can tell you that the difference is stark. And if you're just recognizing it, trust me, it goes a lot for, back for a lot further than that. But let's just deal with what we got to today. Now... <clears throat> what they're talking about is I don't want you to talk about the, the stolen election because that undercuts the legitimacy of the federal government. Well, I'm going to tell you something. When you put out a bulletin like that that totally ignores the First Amendment, totally ignores the Constitution, you are the ones who are undercutting 
the legitimacy of the United States government. That is the biggest demonstration of a government that is illegitimate, one that does not follow their charter, one that does not give any credence whatsoever to the, the rights of the citizens or, or the, the wording of the Constitution itself. Governments who ignore any restriction are not legitimate because it is ruled by force and force alone, not by the consent of the government. Where there is force, there is no consent. It's just like when you come along with the VAX mandate. The same idea holds. Where I am not given the option, I cannot give consent. If you give me no choice but to take it, if you hold me down and stick me with it, I have not given my consent. And that is a violation of the Nuremberg Codes. That's a violation of humanity. And if you're willing to go that far, that's how you get things like that. Let's talk about terrorism for a minute. Sharona Bishop and uh, Tina Peters in Colorado have both gotten visits, early morning visits, raids by FBI, 20, 30, to come talk to them, to confiscate their electronics, to put guns in their faces, to shove their children around for something that they could have gotten with a, with, with a simple visit of the sheriff. Present the warrant, obtain the things, go on about your way. That, sir, is terrorism. Because you didn't do it to get what you wanted. You didn't do it to get the electronics. You did it to terrify the people of this country. The moms at the school boards. Remember that? Do you remember that domestic terrorist watch list document you sent out to people who simply just wanted to find out what their kids were learning in school and if there was something they objected to to stop it? to enforce the agreement of civility. We agree to give these schools our money as long as they agree to teach our children what we want them to learn, what they need to learn in order to get a job or to go to college. They're not your captives. Those children are not your, your hostages to get what you want. How far have you slipped, sir, to put out something like that? How far have we slipped that we allow people like that to be in our government, to use terror against us? Black hooded thugs coming in with guns pointing at little children. For what? Because they found out you stole the election in Colorado just like you stole it all across the country? You think we don't know that? You think they need me to tell them that their votes weren't counted when they don't know anybody who voted for that feckless, useless piece of flesh, Joe Biden? People know whether they voted for him or not. And the thing is, you don't think we're, we're fools. You think that you can push us around, shove us around, terrorize us to get your way politically. And I'm going to tell you that, that the day is coming when you're going to find out that ain't true. You can't. And you won't. And you're going to be held legally liable for the sorts of things you've been doing. All of you all are. Through this whole vax mandate and everything, it's all crumbling. You should be hiding under your desk because once the American people finally figure out what you've actually pulled off here with the stolen election, with this false vaccine, and it's not a vaccine, sir. Once they get a handle of that, we're going to go one way or the other, ain't we? You're dedicated to communism. You're dedicated to force. You're dedicated to terrorizing the citizens of the country. And we're dedicated to freedom. So I guess we're going to find out which way we go. That's where we're at in this, in this, uh, in this timeline, people, and we need to recognize it. This is who they are. Who are we? I hope you'll join me. 
I hope we'll stand up together. And I hope we'll reclaim freedom. Because that's what we need to do. Well, thank you for being with me. Enjoy the podcast. Enjoy the blog post that I put up. It's all at Substack. tldavis.substack.com Until next time. Adios.